0: and I are both really big Slipknot fans, but never really listen to Mushroomhead.
1: Now, I, I know that I've heard them before. Yeah. I, I you know, just randomly on like, uh, on probably satellite radio or just in on Pandora or something like that. I know of them, I've heard them, mm-hmm. I just never explored their stuff
0: yeah and we just clicked through a couple of you know like a handful of songs from them to get the vibes and yeah it's new metal uh it's, it doesn't i we haven't read this article yet but it just from those little snippets we heard doesn't have the intensity that slipknot has
1: yeah not off those first two or three albums yeah you know slipknot's first three albums or you know there's they had this
0: they have the sound. But they, they have do this s-
1: insane intensity on those albums, especially the first one. It's probably just because they were still really fucking angry and pissed off at the, the d- world and they were young and everything. And- I
0: think the difference is, so for me, just looking at their photo <laughs> and know, listening to those first couple of Mushroomhead songs, a little bit of that, uh, and knowing that Mushroomhead's from Ohio and Slipknot's from Iowa. Slipknot's a little bit more unhinged and that's why i like them imagine like it just sounds more real and fucking gritty and dirty and i think that has to do with the iowa part of it i am talking out of my ass they're from cleveland it just doesn't seem as raw
1: yeah i mean at least in ohio you got some uh some waterfront property there on on one of the great lakes Iowa's just stuck in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah,
0: it's a little bit more unhinged, which is why I like it's it. It's
1: probably, I've never been to Iowa, but I imagine it being very flat for some reason.
0: Um, it probably is. <laughs> but I think that all of the people in Slipknot are like slightly insane, and I think that the people from Mushroomhead are probably normal, and they just liked new metal. That's the vibe that I'm getting, knowing nothing. Yeah, they
1: like went to Sandusky or something, like that's where they grew up.
0: Yeah, they vacationed (laughs) in the Outer Banks, like they're all fucking fine. They're fine mentally, but Slipknot is not, and that's why I like them. (laughs) Um, And again, don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, today we are covering a feud which involves an arrest. It is the story of the feud between Slipknot and Mushroomhead.
1: And interesting to note... Mushroomhead according to the internet formed in 93 Slipknot formed in 95 mm. so very close origins there
0: I wonder when time wise. I wonder when they each got like actual actually I, like noticed and stuff I
1: don't know I want to say it was like 99 when Slipknot put their album out head has got some albums in earlier in the 90s than that
0: Interesting I think
1: they're according to Spotify they were like 3 albums deep by the time Slipknot got theirs out
0: Wow. If, and somehow Slipknot did it better, in my opinion, of very limited knowledge. Um, <laughs> let's get into the story. Jake, you're gonna read it.
1: Uh yes it, I, oh, that's
0: why you got your glasses. It
1: took me a week <laughs> to make it from here to the living room to pick up my glasses. And now we're back and I can read this week. Yeah. So here we are. Uh first off, you're listening to Death by Music Podcast. True. Thanks for joining us. I am Jake. Uh, here with Alex. Of course, Cassie's out. He found out this his week.
0: composition notebook to read the title. Yes. <laughs> and he found his glasses, so he's on his A game now. <laughs> yeah, Cassie's out because it's the same week as last week, which was actually two weeks prior. Right. But you guys didn't know that, or maybe you did. We do be recording in advance because I went to (laughs) Ireland, remember? And now I'm back.
1: Oh, right. How did that trip go?
0: How funny would it be? And it's not really funny if I like died in Ireland and I never made it back. But I had this episode scheduled to be like, well, hey, guys, I'm back from Ireland.
1: That would be quite the pickle. Well, and I'm (laughs) sure I would have to figure out something to do and like operate the internet
0: in your free time or like to delete the episode before it publishes no
1: just to let the listeners know
0: cassie would do i mean she would find some time in her busy busy (laughs) schedule to let the (laughs) listeners know that i actually died on my trip and i'm not coming back (laughs) but if you ever are are in that pickle jake and if i do die i just want you to know that on my computer over here there is no password on the computer and it's logged into Facebook, so you oh, would just okay. have all you would have to do is figure out how to log into Facebook. So hopefully, I don't <laughs> die in Ireland. I don't know, you'll find out next week.
1: I mean, it might be in between, like, you could be like get titanic in the sky and just
0: titanic in the and sky. Maybe you
1: hit something and plane falls to into the, the ocean, hmm. you never know. Anyways, this is Slipknot vs. Mushroomhead, Revisiting New Metal's Most Ridiculous Feud. This is by Matt Mills of Metal Hammer, and this article we found on Loudersound.com.
0: Uh, now that you've got me thinking about how I'm going to die next week, <laughs> let's get into it.
1: Yes, it's September 11th, 1999, and Slipknot are on top of the world. Hot off the game-changing self-titled debut album. Sir. The masked nine-piece are in Cleveland, Ohio, taking part in the enormous Livin' La Vida Loco tour. They are there as part of a stacked bill that also includes Cold Chamber, Machine Head, and Amen. It should have been another magnificent night of what had been a hugely successful trek. It wasn't. I got a quote here. People came down and threw everything but rocks at a Slipknot singer Corey Taylor remembered of the first set his band played that evening, discussing it years later at one of his solo concerts. They hit Paul, that is the bassist, in the face with a fucking padlock the size of my fist while we were on stage. Holy crap.
0: God, that is basically a rock.
1: being a bunch of dicks, people. Uh, when we got done playing, we took all our shit off and went into the audience, he continued. There were a lot of them, but there was uh, there was all nine of us. There was Machine Head and all of our friends and, uh, and Amen. Let's just say we fucking handled it right there. So no shit, they... They finished their sh- their they finished their set, went down into the crowd with the two other bands and just beat fucking beat the shit, beat out. The shit I mean, out of somebody. and they
0: could too because nobody knew what they actually looked like. They wear masks. Oh, ah, yeah, stage. good point. They just kind of they could fucking just act like they're in the crowd. Yeah. Wow.
1: Probably sitting there waiting to see who's acting up, and then like that's mm-hmm. the guy, and went and fucking kicked his ass or their asses. Me and Jim, the uh, guitarist, Jim jumped Root. off. Jim Root, yes. Me and Jim Root uh, jumped off stage and took our masks off and started. Sw- oh shit! They mm. didn't even wait they, oh, they started yeah, <laughs> they started swinging at people at the end of uh of one song, Great oh. told revolver uh when we were done with that set, everything came off. I like the jumpsuits and underwear and everything. uh one of the guys in our crew <laughs> got maced by the cops and arrested.
0: Wow, that's crazy, well, it's because it was in Cleveland, which I mentioned Mushroom heads from fucking Ohio, next paragraph,
1: uh yes. The gig-turned-brawl was the Lomans' first...
0: Nope, Iowans. That's Iowans,
1: an I. okay. They
0: have a weird font here where it makes the I look like an L.
1: A lowercase l. That makes more sense, though. <laughs> uh, the gig-turned-brawl is the Iowans' first time in Cleveland, a city that happens to be the hometown of Mushroomhead, a band with whom Slipknot had more than a little in common. Both wore masks and boiler suits, Uh, Both even had a bassist that dressed up like a pig. Wow. Corey Taylor and company, however, were the newer of the two, and they were already bigger, much bigger.
0: Again, it's the unhingedness. Mm -hmm. It's the insanity.
1: Well, the next line is, and that was the problem. Mm Mushroom had released their first album in spring of 1995, more than four years prior to The Knot. Despite this, though, the latter were an immediate breakthrough after June 99 slipknot eclipsing the Ohio troop with a minuscule span of time in frustrated fans eyes a very close imitation had not so subtly ripped off the genuine article and ridden their coattails for a quick buck leading to the violent boiling point that was Cleveland in September
0: 1999 wild wait so are you telling me we just talked about the clash and somebody was pissed off because their The reason why Joe Strummer got into a fight with someone in the crowd is because that person was like, fuck you, your band's too big, you sold out. And these Mushroomhead fans are mad because some other band got bigger than their band. They were like, Mushroomhead should have been bigger than you. It's weird how different the genres are. Like They wanted Mushroomhead to be... The next big thing, and it just didn't happen.
1: Right. Well, it's 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 a combination of that and just the similarities between the groups. They're very large groups. Yeah. And similar ideas and costumes, masks, yeah. uh, mechanic suits, whatever you want to call them. So. Hmm.
0: I wonder if I wonder if the guys in Slipknot had heard of them or like.
1: I don't know because they were within. They were years. created. They were they were created within two years of each other. You know the basics of the groups and and like I said, Mushroom had had their albums out first. They were like three yeah. or four albums deep before Slipknot came along. I wonder.
0: So. I wonder if there was any influence there, if it's just a coincidence.
1: We might have to look Either into way, that. That Slipknot. might be another episode,
0: dude. If I ever fucking <laughs> run into Corey Taylor at an airport again, you bet your goddamn ass I'm gonna ask him this question. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That one night was the height of Slipknot vs. Mushroomhead feud, uh, which would go on to become one of the biggest talking points of the era. For years, loyalist fans would uh, cling tightly to their respective favorites while on and off, mudslinging consumed the rock and roll press. Everyone else stood on the sidelines wondering what the hell it was all about. The stage for the rivalry was set in mid-1998 when Slipknot signed an extremely enviable seven-album deal with Roadrunner Records. A year beforehand, the label... Uh, had been interested in signing Mushroomhead, but the band turned them down.
0: Bam, in your face, bitch.
1: Well, that's a misstep there, I guess. Roadrunner had a guy shopping us, uh, ex-frontman Jeff Hatrix said on a podcast in 2018. And at the time, we were making more at local shows than they were offering us in advance, and they wanted all of our merch. Okay, yeah. Mm. Well,
0: okay. Maybe not a
1: misstep, so, you you know. Yeah, uh, right. the money just didn't make any sense. I I, I would agree if if that's not but working for I you. But I wonder
0: if it was a seven album deal because that, I mean, in the long run, would it have been worth it? Because he's he's looking at short term stuff like we're we're getting to keep all of this money right now. But if you have a label, you have that guarantee of being able to pay for. Because what I was reading about Mushroomhead earlier is that they self funded their first like two or three albums, right? And if you had a label, do that then. Maybe you're not making all that money up front, but you will make it in the long run because they're going to push you right. and they're going to make sure that your shit is good and they're going to pay for it and they're going to give you four more albums after that. So I don't know. That's, it's like, that's, that's, that's something. That's, age that, old question. Yeah,
1: you, that's something you got to balance out and just make a decision on. And who knows, maybe if, if they even had signed with Roadrunner. Who knows if they would have been any more successful. Yeah. You know, that's that's the other thing. You know, they they might not have seen the same success as Slipknot. Uh, Hatrick's claims outright that Slipknot were a homemade imitation of Mushroomhead. They are Roadrunner-invented uh, clones of us, and everybody knows it, he said in 2007. Drummer Steve Skinny Felton was more aggressive towards the alleged ripoffs when he ranted that Slipknot traded a platinum record for dignity, honor, and respect. Corey Taylor says, you cannot kill what you did not create. Maybe so, but I oh, guess shit. you can sure as fuck sell what you stole.
0: Okay. That's a that's a slipknot lyric. Okay, now I understand why they were so angry on some of those albums because they were like it was in response to Mushroom Heads. You cannot kill what you did not create is a slipknot lyric.
1: Okay. Did that's they... from
0: Duality. So Duality was like slipknots probably like one of their biggest songs. Mm-hmm. And that's what that line is from. So it was in response to this whole fucking shebang that. Okay. That's interesting.
1: <laughs> uh, local magazine Cleveland scene reached out to Roadrunners and our director to get their side on the of the allegations. I honestly couldn't care less about your article and I have nothing to say. Came the reply. Oh, I
0: love that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Although Slipknot's 1999 Cleveland show was the only time the debacle came to physicality, the two bands would trade vicious verbal barbs through the 2000s. Uh, in May 2002 issue of Rock Sound, Taylor accused Mushroomhead of encouraging their fans to violence that on that night.
0: I mean, they were probably also not just their fans, but their friends. That's their hometown. All your besties mm-hmm. would be there, right? Yeah. And you wouldn't be the other band's ass? They just shouldn't have played in Cleveland. This never would have happened if they didn't play in their hometown. They should
1: have went to Sandusky. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I do believe that's pretty close to Cedar Point. I do um, believe that's close to Cedar Point.
0: Where's upper Sandusky?
1: Uh, It's above lower Sandusky. Uh, He brutally added, I'll fucking go to fucking Cleveland and grab every fucking one of them by their stupid fucking masks and I will put a knee in their faces until they pass out from loss of blood. Oh. All right. Taylor's angry. Yeah. Uh, Hattrick's later admitted that he was indeed involved in the, or- in orchestrating <laughs> the events what? in 1999. So he must've been in the crowd. All right. Or at least Here's like the, the ringleader. Quote. Uh, yes. Quote. I know all the people who did it and I did personally paint their Cleveland supports mushroom head and slip not go home signs. Who
0: booked the fucking show? Wow. Are you telling me that the person who booked the show wasn't your homie or was it some like regional guy? Because if you didn't want them to come, then you could have just told the booking person, like, don't put them on this festival. Right. Like, this is bullshit.
1: <laughs> uh, quote continues, but I wasn't there and I didn't know the complete extent of what they were going to do. But hey, these guys are men, right? Welcome to Cleveland, bitches. Uh, the singer also accused Slipknot and their touring crew of harassing his girlfriend for wearing a mushroom head T-shirt near the venue earlier that day. Hattricks and others aggravated things even further in 2005, going so far as to perform concerts in their home state that mocked Slipknot.
0: Did Mushroomhead ever perform concerts in Iowa?
1: <laughs> I don't because know. I
0: <laughs> bet they would be scared of those hillbillies. Uh, well, they yeah. can't even call them hillbillies. They're fucking the hills have eyes, billies. Those people will murder you, probably. I don't know anybody from Iowa. I've never met one. <laughs> But I'm fucking scared of them. <laughs>
1: uh, the eight men together with one of their touring crew dressed as the nine on stage playing samples that repeated the whole thing. I think it's stolen. A parody of the words that opened their debut album.
0: Oh, so they weird album.
1: Ah, indeed.
0: They just pretended. Yeah, this is great. They could just pretend to be each other forever.
1: People started chanting fuck Slipknot. Uh, one concert goer told Blabbermouth. Waylon, uh, the vocalist, then screamed, come on, don't be afraid to say it, which made everyone start to chant backup. The crowd was brutal, and I loved it. By the time 2007 rolled around, Mushroomhead were still continuing their crusade, slinging insults such as straight-up frauds and the sync of heavy metal. <laughs>
0: i mean, I'm fighting words.
1: <laughs> that, I mean, that's pretty harsh back then. However, they hadn't been met with any further response from their rivals who were becoming the mainstream face of a generation of rock music. Slipknot's latest album, Volume 3, The Subliminal Verses, uh, had climbed to number two on the American charts, while Mushroomhead's most recent, Save Your Sorrow, had barely scratched the top 50.
0: Oh, what a burn. I mean, honestly, that is the best comeback to somebody who keeps talking shit and like focusing on you is I'm not even going to respond to you. I'm just going to be better than you. And you don't even exist in my world anymore. Yeah, That's kind of fucking hilarious.
1: They they rocketed up there really quick.
0: Yeah. And then at a certain point, you have to be like, maybe we're just better than you. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's not because we have the same amount of people-ish we dress the same. We are the same genre. When it comes down to it, maybe we're just better than you. And I think their silence is speaking volumes right. to that. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious.
1: With an ever-increasing number of outsiders' eyes on them, Slipknot began to take the more diplomatic route, refusing to add fuel to the fire. I'm tired of it, Taylor said in, 2000, in a 2005 radio interview. We've tried everything that we could to squash this between ourselves and Mushroomhead. I've even come out and said I wish them nothing but luck. I don't care, it's not that big of a deal to me. The decade plus long tensions seem to have finally come to an end by twenty ten as Mushroomhead, both publicly and privately, sent their condolences to Slipknot after the tragic death of Paul Gray. Since then, Taylor has regularly expressed interest in performing alongside his band's former uh, nemesis, wanting to curate a tour that will see the duo share stages with fellow masked rockers Mudvayne and Guar.
0: That would be pretty sick.
1: Mudvayne does have masks, not necessarily no, they have paint. not like full mat. Yeah, they have face I paint, they have paint. Like, paint. Like like. They do the uh the one of the the one dude in the video had the the horns and stuff, but so anyways. well, they're
0: not masked, but they're still like different
1: yeah they they got like theatrical
0: that would be a fun fucking show
1: i yeah, I think so, especially if they can bury the hatchet, yeah. uh oh speaking of guar, I just saw on YouTube. They performed a Tiny Desk concert. Yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't watch it yet, but I saw it up there. No, I, was I haven't like, watched it. I was like, that's interesting that they crammed all of those guys in the tiny little fucking bookstore, wherever the fuck they're at. What I really want to
0: know is, did they let them do the goo I all over the books?
1: That would be fucking incredible. If they would allow them to do that.
0: <laughs> Probably not. But how awesome for Guar.
1: All right. Back to it. More than 20 years after it all kicked off in Cleveland, the sustained Slipknot Mushroom head rivalry remain, remains one of the 90s most talked about just discords.
0: Uh, that uh, I beg to differ because I never fucking heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> and we talk about music a lot. Mm. So this person...
1: We're, we're just not true metalheads.
0: Oh, we don't talk to metalheads about it. it we talk to Cassie. Is. That's the difference. <laughs> that's we our talk our to problem. Cassie about music so we don't hear about the people who are still talking about Slipknot versus Mushroom right
1: Head. Uh It was the Metallica versus Megadeth of the New Metal Era.
0: That's the one that's still talked about. I know about, about. that one. Yeah. That one's talked about every fucking day. Uh,
1: escalated by fistfights, arrests, and the internet. Uh, today both bands try to dismiss their past skirmishes as fans and media driven. Uh, even trying to downplay their own involvement in what was the most over-the-top feud in New Metal.
0: Okay, fine. I take it back. I will not ask Corey Taylor about it next time I see him in an airport because now, <laughs>
1: like, now
0: I feel like he's going to punch me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess I'm good. I am curious, though, like if they were aware and were inspired, but I think if they were inspired, they would have been more fanboy towards Mushroom Head
1: yeah that's instead a good of point.
0: competitive they would have been like we love you guys you're the reason why we're a band so it I, it makes me believe that they both just kind of came to this idea independently but at at a similar time mm-hmm. and they're like we're well fuck you like we're not gonna fight you but we will if we have to <laughs> because we didn't steal your fucking idea
1: yeah, that would be it. maybe maybe we can find a story on that and it do that for another like one. It seems like a would,
0: wild coonky dink that this whole thing happened, but I mean here's hoping for a uh bury the hatchet tour. That's what they should call it. Would uh What words are you trying to say?
1: <laughs> I can't think the, the, the who's got the hatchet guy
0: Ah, uh, that's ICP. I see. That's ah, right. they enough. wear ICP. face paint too, don't they? Yeah,
1: I was <laughs> "bury the hatchet" tour. They gotta have ICP on there.
0: I was talking about music festivals at work, and they were like, uh, "Music festivals? You should go to the Gathering." And I was like, "I fucking want to." That, so you
1: already know about it.
0: Yeah, the gathering is the ICP <laughs> that's, Festival that's up in the Michigan.
1: gathering of uh, uh, gigolos or Juggalos. Juggalos. <laughs> juggalos <laughs> would
0: be... <laughs> Jiggalos, that's the Boy George episode we yeah, just did. Right, yeah, right. dude, ICP should be on it because they wear face paint too. Fucking... But it's a little bit different. It's not new metal, but...
1: Different hey, genre still music, but they, they, they could still rock out at a, at a rock fest.
0: Anyways, <laughs> thanks for listening. And uh, I guess you'll know next monday if i survived the plane or the trip back from ireland right if no episode comes out next monday i'm probably dead or if an episode only comes out with cassie and jake on it i'm also probably dead and they somehow figured out how to work all the shit that i do every single time
1: yeah we can do it
0: i don't think i don't think it would take you a minute It would definitely take you. There's 17 (laughs) things that I have to do to set this up to record. And even I still fuck it up sometimes. Hey, you
1: know what? That's what uh, YouTube is. That's where I go to to learn how to fix cars. Uh, So.
0: Okay. Uh, If you guys don't hear from me, I'm dead. (laughs) Thank you. And wish me a happy death. Rest in peace to myself and also to you. Later. Death by Music Podcast is written and produced by Victoria Motler, Alex Motler, Cassie Gardner, and Jake.